is up, everyone? Welcome to today's news tonight, episode 18, because we missed a day because of Thanksgiving, and I spent the whole day convinced we were on episode 19, but that's irrelevant. I am joined, as always, today by my co-founders in Good Vibes Gaming, Ash Paulson and Derek Bittner, and of course, we have a special guest, as you can see, and that is Matea from twitch.tv slash Matea. How are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm great. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really glad you're Thanks here. Thanks for being here. I inadvertently synced my lighting with your b- wall. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> that is really cool. I like, everything, yeah. and I was just like, ooh. Like, we got had some to compliments. Match the theme. Yeah, I had no idea we were also going to veer into Splatoon talk in the pre-show. Um, I, I had green last night, and someone in the chat was like, ooh, the green looks really nice. And I was like, well, what goes well with green? And I saw my Splatoon controller, and I was like, pink. So let's do pink. <laughs> um, yeah. If you, if you missed the pre-show, you can see parts of that uh, by joining us over on patreon.com slash gvgaming where for five dollars a month you can join our live audience and see us talk about weird weird things that would get this video demonetized if it were a youtube video Um, (laughs) (laughs) well technically they're still monetized on twitter uh, not on twitter on youtube in the back end it's still there unlisted so you can watch all the back uh, all the old ones and they've never been demonetized so if it was a public youtube video (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) right right out there but anyway uh uh, we talked about squid kids and all kinds of other fun stuff. Yeah. And Ash, you'll like this. Matei is also a big, big Dragon Quest XI fan. I oh, love- hell yeah. Yes, nice. yes. Nice. So, One of my uh, favorite JRPGs of all time. And I'm not even, yeah. I wasn't even a Dragon Quest fan before that. Not that I didn't like it. I just hadn't really gotten yeah, into it. It was, yeah. it was my first Dragon Quest game. And oh, I so fell good. in love with it. Um, and actually, because of that, I'm playing other games in the series now. I'm currently playing nice. Dragon Quest Eight on the 3DS. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I have not beaten that one. I got to the second continent and stopped for whatever reason the first time I was playing, yeah. and I just haven't gotten a chance to go I'm, back to it. I'm a bit over the halfway point, apparently, so um, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. That's, Dragon Quest Eleven S is one of those like rare JRPGs where I truly truly have difficulty choosing my favorite character because it's like oh yeah. there's Silvando, but wait there's eric but wait there's veronica but they're all so good it's yeah. like so hard yeah i i love the, the whole party so much me too so, yeah yeah mm-hmm. And yep. and by the way, I should definitely mention this uh for those of you who have game pass uh it's going to right. game pass this friday Hell l- yes. 11s yeah play it uh, right and it'll also be on Steam, Epic Game Store, and PS4, and physically on Xbox One, and PS4. So yeah, yeah, I really yeah. have to look at this game. I'm kind of glad that I didn't play through it before Definitive Edition, but now I, I kind of sort of don't know. So for those of you, the three experts on the panel who are not me, uh, <laughs> what is the best way to play Definitive Edition? Like what, um, vert, like what system or? Yeah, yeah. Like, because I know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that Definitive Edition uses like Switch textures on PS4 or Xbox or one of those. And, and there's like one yes. truly Definitive Edition with high quality textures and all the stuff to Switch. Got. I don't, I, th- I think the closest you'll get that is probably uh, PC because yeah. mod scene. Oh, so it's yeah, all I've, the Switch um... textures? <clears throat> yeah, I, I could see a modder taking the textures from the original release and just popping them on to 11s because i think, I think they have they probably have and i know yeah. P- pc wise um before we got a 11s uh they <clears throat> a mod redid the music so it'd be oh, better yeah, quality yeah. Right. i had i have the pc version of vanilla 11 and i have the mod for that installed so 
Right. Oh, nice. Is, is it better than don't... the 11s versions, or is it the same? I would. I'd say 11s is the better version. So okay. Just yeah. The one of... thing you don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go just... ahead, Mateo. Yeah, just because of all the um, quality of life improvements to the game and yeah, um, everything else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the one thing you don't want to do is play the original release, even though it looks a lot nicer. Like on PS4, the music is horrid. Like, yeah, it, it no, is that's absolutely. Oh, horrid. Yeah, and, no, and there's some yeah. content that really does flesh out the game in a yeah. yeah. Definitive edition mm-hmm. is just better across the board, and I think if you can get that sweet spot between the original visuals on with a Steam mod and the definitive edition content, you're good to go. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, no question about it. And also, I I can vouch and say that it looks beautiful on pc like i played the nice. demo for 11s um mm-hmm. on pc and it just it, it looks really good so nice so nice. I'll, I'll just make sure you set aside around 90 hours because it's it's yeah. truly an epic that's yeah. a true epic but it, yeah but it all feels really good it has those really it's, high moments like i it got me to tear up three separate occasions and yeah, usually same. rpgs only manage like one or two this one was like going above and beyond oh wow. oh yeah I mean, oh. I, I have said this before, and, and I still feel it several months later. Dragon Quest Eleven S is, I feel, the, the JRPG I've played that comes closest to Chrono Trigger since Chrono Trigger. It is, it's that good. God it is damn. that yeah. freaking good. Yeah. It's, that is, it's, it, yeah. it does a lot of things. Basically, it does a, think of the, some of the greatest RPGs out there. It does a lot of things similar to them and just makes them in a melting pot and makes it so good. <laughs> that is yeah. incredibly high praise. Like putting something yeah. on a, mm-hmm. on the same pedestal or close to the same pedestal as Chrono Trigger. Like that is for me a a life defining game. So I, mm. I do oh, need to find I mean, it's my favorite game of all time, as you yeah. know, Steve. So it's not as good as yeah. Chrono Trigger. Don't get me wrong, but it it comes well, surprisingly. Oh, I mean, close. Chrono Trigger is all yeah. like shorter and tightly paced and just good for replays. Right. And Dragon Quest does have that. Like, it's good. It has a great pace to it, but it's also a bit long. Yeah, so. that's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for some people, that's exactly their their jam, though. So yeah, this mm. this is definitely a top ten game for me, and still my favorite game on the Switch. Like, it surpassed yeah. Xenoblade Two for me. Speaking. It's like nice. one of my all-time favorite games now. So, mm. this well, is great. Azran127 says, if one of your exec producers was in was in 11S, they'd be Rab Rman X. Very clever. <laughs> like that. that is pretty nice. funny. That that, that's a PC mod <laughs> worth making. Um, yeah. So, speaking of highly rated games, you know what it's time for. There is yep. no news today, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into the Game Awards Part 2. <laughs> we didn't know we were yes. going to do this until... About 20 minutes ago. And we had hope that there might be news, and there's some out there, but nothing some. like major yeah. enough for us to yeah. do this for. I mean, Jeff yeah. King's yeah, just... World Premierathon looms large in the horizon, so we may as well bang out yeah. part two of our Game Awards predictions while there's still Game Awards in the horizon. <laughs> exactly. Just so everybody knows, we have been compiling a list of smaller stories to round up, which we're going to do tomorrow, but we figured, yeah. as Steve said, let's go ahead and get the Game Awards out uh, today. Part two. Yeah. yeah. So... so so if you hung out with us yesterday, you know that we made our way from the bottom up and we're heading all the way up to the last one, which is Game of the Year, while giving our thoughts on all the nominees and what we think will cinch each nomination. Um, and we ended up at Mobile Games, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously we all just know so much about. This is <laughs> everyone. Everyone on this panel plays so many mobile games. It's no question. We've played all of these, I'm sure, especially Call of Duty Mobile. That is 100% my shit. Um <laughs> So, that being said, the nominees for Best Mobile Game are Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, 
Genshin Impact, Legends of Runeterra, and Pokemon Cafe Mix. And I'm I'm going to throw this uh, to our guest first. Uh, what do you think is is uh, going to take it in this category? Well, I don't think it's any question that Among Us is probably going to win. So, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think we all had the same idea. The the, the thing yeah. I think I saw Chad in comments uh, talking about with in regards to Among Us is mm-hmm. should it count? Like, yeah, it blew up this year, but it is technically a 2018 game, so should it count and i don't know (laughs) i I don't know how to put it i don't know how to really classify that yeah i i don't think there's i think it's so like weird how like the criteria works for for games getting nominated for the game awards because it's like yeah it i don't know if there's any like clear i guess way to tell what what works for nominations and what doesn't so yeah, I mean, it's not as though I feel super strongly about this, but I do kind of take issue with Among Us even being here, just because yeah. it isn't. It's not a 2020 game. Like, mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like that's yeah. kind of weird. And I would say that about any game, whether I really loved it or not. You know, but I just yeah. Here's here's where I draw the line because Rob Arman X makes a point that it's more like games that mattered in 2020, I guess, and sure that's fair. But mm. they have been very specific about release windows mattering for other awards. So they've been yeah. like, oh, Smash can't be nominated in 2018 because it came out in December and you're going to have to wait till next year. You know, like they've made it very clear that when it comes to certain categories, they really care when a game released. Um, yeah. So I don't mm. know if that's it, it feels at least inconsistent, like how they're applying the rules. Um, that being said, yeah. Yeah. I agree that Among Us is probably going to take it. Like, it, it is the only game here, besides Genshin Impact, that I've even heard of people playing, really. Um, and and yeah. Among Us... That's unfair. I know Joe uh, Joe Merrick plays Pokemon Cafe Mix. Well, yeah, <laughs> because he also, he's Joe Merrick. <laughs> I was going to say, he runs the largest Pokemon site on the planet. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, would, I think Charlie Bird hit on it when they said that, uh, that the Game Awards really only has one consistent rule, and that's anything qualifies as long as it isn't a Nintendo RPG, which is... Sadly true. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Matei and Steve. It, it's probably going to be Among Us, though Genshin Impact has a decent chance. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I know, at least among kids, huh? <laughs> among Us is definitely a bit, the big mobile game, especially because it's yeah. free. Yeah. I think it'll yeah. be Among Us. You know, okay, mm-hmm. so I think we're going to have a... Um, of- more fun discussion in the next category. But before we do that, you know who does definitely deserve an award? Idiono Ben for upping their pledge from live audience to Ooh. producer during the show just now. Wow. Oh, thank wow. you so much thank for your you. contribution. That's awesome. Thank you. That is, that yeah. is great and welcome to the Producers Club. <laughs> I am so happy that uh, that you're able to uh, join us up there. So you'll see your name in the credits of tonight's episode. Uh, anyway, awesome. just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. All, every every dollar matters, like we always say. So uh, this next one is one that I personally love to talk about, and I think there's games I care a lot about in this category. It is Best Indie. Oh, and the nominees is... for Best Rough. Indie are yeah. Carrion, Fall Guys, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. And Derek, I want to throw this one to you first, because I know you have strong feelings about a couple of the games on this list. 
I mean, I, I've only played, I played a little bit of Fall Guys, but I mainly only really played Hades and Spiritfarer. One, I am super happy Spiritfarer got nominated because that game is a pure treat. It is gorgeously animated. It's a weird 2D, like, not, like, there's no combat whatsoever, but there's, there's some, there's a little bit of platforming, even though you cannot die. And it's all about the, little connections you make and it really is just finding out somebody's life before they die. They, they, they're being very obtuse about the way they do it. They never come out and say things, but it's amazingly getting people satisfied with their life before passing on. And it can hit you surprisingly hard. Like there is a character that's super sweet, um, love her to death, helping her out. She's always like so kind to you, like a grandmother. And then she starts suffering from, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, um, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia. dementia and whatnot, yeah. sort of losing yeah. memories, or oh, not geez. recognizing you as who you are, as who you were. And it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> and there's a dedicated mm-hmm. hug that you can do for everybody. Uh, and it's fun to upgrade your ship and, Explore, explore new places and get around there. Like it is a really arresting game that I f- really do feel is should be on here, and I really do think uh, is, is is worth people's attention uh, because man, some of those final moments where you give that hug and they pass on, it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's you, you've been raving about this game forever, Derek. I, I've I haven't had a chance to check it out myself and yeah, it, indies either. in general. I love indie games and I usually mm-hmm. play a bunch more of them on, on lists like these than I have this year, I guess just due to time. But the only one of these I played is fall guys. And I will say um, I've had an amazing time with fall guys just because of the friends I play it with every Monday, but I could not in good conscience say that it's probably the best game on this list because it does have problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I really want to play Hades before the game awards, which I'm going to try to do spirit fair. I probably won't get to, but I, you say so many good things about it, Derek, and I really want to check it out. Um, to be, to be fair, I, I haven't actually finished Spirit Fair yet. There's a lot of games I covered this year that I never got yeah. the chance to finish. I want to go back and really do that. Yeah. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, um, I have not played Spirit Fair, but I've been meaning to check it out for a while. Or Hades. Um, I've only played Fall Guys out of all the games on here, and um, mm-hmm. that's really fun. But yeah, like Ash said, it does have a lot of problems. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, uh, I've played Spirit Fair, and it is like everything Derek said. I agree with one hundred percent. It is an incredibly emotional and incredibly touching game. Uh, the dementia thing really hit me hard. I lost my grandma to dementia, and mm. so a lot of the stuff I saw in that, like really brought back memories that I didn't want <laughs> to mm-hmm. didn't want stirred. So I had to put the controller down and, and leave the game. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to it though. It is definitely worthy of returning to um, that being said, I don't think it's going to win this category, even though I think it no. deserves to, I truly think it deserves to. Um, I, I'm glad it was at least nominated. Yeah. Prag- mm-hmm. Pragmatically. I imagine that this is going to go to Hades. Uh, because again, it's yeah. the one that's in the Same. game of the year category. <laughs> so yeah, um, it, I, I have heard really good things about Spelunky too. I've not played those type of ge- that game before or anything like that, but I know people who did play it and reviewed it. It got it scored incredibly high. So it is mm-hmm. another great indie. Yeah, um, I, I but would say that this really no is Hades category to lose. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. Okay, so if we don't have anything else, let's go ahead and this is this is going to be one again. Just you know, we're all experts <laughs> on all of these games. This is best ongoing game, and yeah. uh, the nominees are oh Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. I know that all of us play all these games every day. I guess obviously. I mean, Fortnite <laughs> has like the llamas and ninja. <laughs> I'm surprised No Man's Sky is still ongoing. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday where yeah. people really they've really improved No Man's Sky. So yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that as one of those things. Like, I don't know much about Apex Legends or Call of Duty Warzone, but I know Destiny 2 constantly gets support. Fortnite obviously mm-hmm. constantly gets re- re- uh, support. They just did their whole Marvel crossover with Galactus yeah. and now they have like Mandalorian in there. So there's always something there. Mm-hmm. And of course, No Man's Sky is just, you know most improved across the board with when it comes to a lot of these things, but actually has to add what will actually win. I, <laughs> I think I'd like either. to see no man's sky win only because they've come such a long way. And I would just like to see them get recognized for that because it really is incredible how they've turned that ship around and righted it. But with that said, I don't know that it will win. And I t- really don't know enough about any of these to know what to, to really predict what will I guess I'll just go with Fortnite because that's what everybody talks about all the time. Everybody loves Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that is interesting about this category, though, is I just noticed it, it's interesting how there aren't any fighting games on here because fighting games these days come out in seasons, right? With characters, their ongoing experiences, you know, Tekken, Soul Calibur, Smash, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. So I just find it interesting that apparently fighting games don't count for the best ongoing category. I guess not because they're considered separate yeah. DLC packs. This is, I guess these are more guess, consistent yeah. Yeah. rollouts. Like I could see uh, Killer Instinct when it was uh, a more of a right. thing being on mm-hmm. this list because of the way right. it was handled. Mm-hmm. But most yeah. other fighting games, not really just because it's mostly yeah. DLC. Right. These, these all seem like way more long-term games. And it is weird because fighting games have become almost platforms, right? Look at Smash. We're two years on and right. we're still getting new characters. Um, same goes for Street Fighter. Same goes for Mortal Kombat. So I agree that it's weird that there's not a fighting game on here. But uh, we've talked about this a bit last night, too, that there seems to be kind of this narrow view of what they'll accept for some of these categories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I agree with Ash that I think No Man's Sky really deserves its place here um, In insofar as they've just... I mean, the content they've added... I can tell you is better than what I've seen in all these other games. Uh, you know, we got like a VR mm-hmm. mode, we got multiplayer, we like base building vehicles. Like they, in terms of fundamentally changing the actual game that that received the content, No Man's Sky takes it. But I mean, Fortnite is like a a, a printing press for cash at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, Epic yeah. went from the guys that make Gears of War to one of the most valued game companies on the planet, if not the most valued game company on the planet because of Fortnite alone. Uh, it's it's so. weird that I can pl- I can tend to forget that, that it's the same Epic that made Gears of War. Yeah. I know. I mean, right? it, it I guess technically really Gearbox, but yeah. So it's, it's just really weird that, that Epic was, you know, I mean, these are the guys that, that their claim to fame used to be, infinity blade on the original iphone you know like like that's just i I, I had that i had that yeah when you take it back that far you're like wow these are you know now they're just the fortnite guys it's kind of like 
uh, the opposite of what happened with Valve, you know, where they made all these great games and then became the Steam guys. These guys made a bunch of other stuff and then became known for one I mean, it's kind only. of... Yeah, that's so, a good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah. see Fortnite running away with this, but... Yeah, I, I, I would just agree with you guys because I got no strong opinion <laughs> personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I do fun. love this next category, though. Yeah, you know, I have... I hate that I don't know anything about this category, but the the <laughs> next category, as Ash mentioned, is Games for Impact. And I'm just going to read the little uh, message here. It's uh, for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. And I love that. I just hate mm. that I've only played one of these games. Uh, the nominees are If Found, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spiritfarer, Tell Me Why, and through the darkest of times. And Ash, let's go ahead and just get your opinions right out the gate on this one. Um, well, like, like you, I wish I had played more of these, but th- these are all on my list to, to, of games to eventually play, uh, or at least all of them except for one. I've not heard of Through the Darkest of Times, uh, but I'm you know, sure it deserves to be here. Of these, the one I really want to check out is Tell Me Why. I've heard mm. so many interesting yeah. things about it, so many positive things about it, and... I've heard its its portrayals of its characters are are, are it, it, it also has a trans protagonist, correct? Right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Oh wow! So, Which is huge. I mean, and, and not only does it have a trans protagonist, but from what I understand, it's a it's a respectful, positive portrayal of that mm. character, and not you know, and not rooted in yeah. in stereotypes or anything like that. So yeah. I really want to play. Tell me why. Uh, but I've also people have told me that I've got to play Kentucky Route Zero. That I just have to play it. I've heard about amazing. that, and yeah, I honestly, when I first heard that name, I was like, "Oh, is that some sort of like uh, truck driving simulator?" Same, <laughs> <Is that sort laughs> yeah. Of, yeah, rage. And I still don't know what Kentucky Route Zero is all about. But it's this one's a little weird because it says TV edition, so this is technically a re-release, as far as I can tell. So yeah. it's one of those nebulous ones again. Because I think it was originally a mobile game. If I remember correctly. I think it was also uh, originally a chapter-based game. Like, like yeah, I think it was. So this brings, I think it's like five chapters, and it brings it brings it all together in one package. Um, but yeah, and of course, Spirit Fair is here, which I know from what you said, Derek deserves to be yeah. here. So I, I think I might, I think I'm going to predict that Tell Me Why might take it, just because of these games, that to me seems to have made the biggest impact, and it's the one I've heard about the most from other people, and it's just it's the one that I feel has been most visible. Uh, leading up to the Game Awards. So perhaps not. Maybe it's not actually the best game here, but it's certainly the one that I hear about most often. So I think yeah. I, I, that might take it. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I haven't played the game myself, but I'm a huge fan of uh, the studio behind it, Don't Nod. Same, um, yeah. Because uh, they, they made the Life is Strange games, and I love the Life is Strange games so much. So... Um, I have I have um, high hopes for Tell Me Why whenever I get around to playing it. I That's love awesome. Life is Strange. At least the first yeah. one. I haven't played two, but my wife and I devour the first game. Uh, we just uh, yeah. love that game. I, I, I enjoyed two a lot as well. Nice. Yeah. I need to check them out. I just I haven't had a chance. I'm, I'm very curious what the heck uh, If Found and Through the Darkest of Times is because If Found, I don't know what the, if that's what it actually looks like in game, but that's a striking art style. Um, yeah. And yeah. could be kind of cool. Through the Darkest of Times seems a little, like one of those wacky game is that I guess gets deep. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like a paper craft, uh, style, I guess it's, it's quite odd. Yeah. So hmm. I, I've not played, you know, like I said, most of these spirit fair is, is the only one and it definitely had a profound impact on me. I think, tell me why, 
uh, I agree with you guys, is probably going to get the nod here from <laughs> Don't Nod Gets the Nod. Sorry. <laughs> <was gonna> <laughs> But, uh, no, don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do love the art style of this game. I've been Googling these as we've been talking just to kind of at least have some level of familiarity with them. Uh, the con to reviewing every AAA game in a year is that you don't get to play some of these uh, lesser known ones. But uh, I, I would say that, you know, I, I love the idea of a game that stars a trans protagonist. You know, I think that I mean, marginalized groups. Obviously, you know, we don't have nearly enough representation across the board in games, but I think uh, the mm-hmm. trans community very specifically is underrepresented. And so to have a trans protagonist in a game is just cool as hell. And I love the fact that it's not even up for interpretation like it was with Celeste for a while. You know, they and eventually the, uh... like, mm-hmm. out and out just yeah. said like, yes, Celeste is trans, you know, and if you looked close enough, you'd realize it. But there was still enough ambiguity there for for the usual types to be like, no, she's not, you know, <laughs> whereas, right. whereas this is right out there, you know, and, and just, you know, putting it, putting it front and center, which I, I definitely appreciate. So that, you know, yeah. that plus the studio it comes from kind of gives me enough to be confident that they'll run away with it. Yeah. Not only is mm-hmm. the character trans, but the voice actor for the character is trans. See, now that's, oh, that's, that's awesome. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just looking up, more info about if found and it it sounds like it's it seems like it's more of a visual novel where it's somebody gathering up their memories of december of 1993 in ireland and just it seems very i hate to say this but emotional like it seems like wow <laughs> it's just, uh it, it's i don't know it seems interesting and it seems like it, it is a good pick for the games for impact uh category yeah. so mm-hmm. Personally, I'd like to see Spirit Spiritfarer come just because it's the one I've played, but that's, you know, bias speaking. Sure. I expect Tell Me Why to win that just because it is yeah. kind of the yeah. biggest of these. Mm-hmm. All so. right. So do we have, are, are we ready to move on? Sure. Uh, yeah. Really quick, Steve, just to point this out to you. I was looking in the back end because I'm not sure who it is, uh, what their name is in the back end, but Jesse I, M in I the know. chat said. That is, okay. I was, re- I was just getting ready to call that out. Awesome. That is, that is our nice. friend. Kitty Kong facts. So oh, Kitty Kong okay. is indeed a good boy and has up their pledge to the executive producer level. Thank you so much, oh, wow. Jesse slash Kitty slash wow. Kong Thank slash you. M. Dang. Yeah, we we wow. appreciate you so much and you will be shouted out at the end of tonight's episode. Um, what you should let us know, though, is if we should call you Jesse or Kitty, because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Yeah. This morning, I'm not sure if you're a god or a monster or both, but we appreciate you all the same. You you know what I've I've been the I've been the holdout on following that account. I, I might have to actually follow. Yeah, it I don't now. I don't think you can't not follow one of our executive producers. Right. That's got to be a rule. So, I, I mean, especially Jesse, when somebody can, other do, do it. Jesse, yeah. I can promise you that I will I will never call you Dixie's baggage. Don't worry, I'll, I will never call you that. <laughs> oh, that, that's reserved for Kitty Kong himself. No, no, no. Never, that's Dixie. Ever. No, it, it's Dixie's ba- baggage fa- facts. Dixie's <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the in the words of, oh you know what you you're the snake impressionist kitty kong is a good boy though so oh, if kitty you're not kong familiar with boy there we go i was gonna say so if you're <laughs> unaware uh one of the amazing things that that our our now executive producer jesse slash kitty uh did was when john left game explain he hired david hater <laughs> to tell john that kitty kong is a good boy <laughs> <laughs> so good it was so good it is, oh. Oh my God. yeah it's an excellent it's unreal video. speaking of 
check out this segue. Speaking of performances, our next oh, category is nice. Best Performance. Uh, awarded to an individual for voiceover, acting, motion, and or performance capture. And the nominees are Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2, Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part 2, uh, Daisuke Tsuji as Jean Sakai in Ghost of Tsushima, Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades, and <laughs> uh, I'm going to kill this one, but Na- Nadi Jeter as Miles Morales in S- Spider-Man Miles Morales. So I, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in here as the person who's probably played the most of these. <laughs> sure. um, I, I got you covered for the one you didn't play. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So we've we've at least got the full the full uh, view. So I can't speak on Hades, but I've heard the voice performances are, are really, really good. Um, but the mm-hmm. one that stands out to me the most is Laura Bailey's rendition of Abby in The Last of Us Part mm-hmm. 2. And I don't want to venture too far into spoiler territory, um, or at all, really. So don't worry, I'm not going to spoil The Last of Us Part 2 for those of you that haven't played it yet. But um, Abby goes through probably one of the best character arcs I've seen in a video game throughout the course of her her part of The Last of Us Part 2. And mm-hmm. uh, she she go, she undergoes fundamental changes. There's, there's kind of a a lie that she believes that she challenges herself on and comes around like does, you know, her, her entire character changes and, and Laura Bailey does such a good job delivering like those, those introspective moments where Abby is kind of grappling with who she is and who she believes she is. And by the end of the game, Laura is almost playing like an entirely different character that still feels vaguely familiar to the person that we started the game as. And it is just such an incredible, like, it's not, you know, it's not like there's a big emotional moment, but it's just these subtle differences in how she portrays Abby throughout the game that leads to this, you know, like you don't recognize the character on two ends of the story. So I'd have to give it to her just because it it is incredibly good, incredibly subtle acting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with, I mean, I haven't finished the last of the part two, but I played most of it. And I still got to finish it, but I mean, yeah, everything I've heard of of Laura's take is Abby. She's fantastic. Same thing as Ashley Johnson as Ellie. They're both fantastic. Um, and I think everything, this whole lineup is great. I haven't heard Hades, of course, um, but yeah, I mean, Miles Morales, I've heard the voice acting in, uh, and Ghost of Tsushima. And I think this is a great lineup. I feel like Ashley Johnson might just take it by default because she's Ellie. <clears throat> and I hate to say that mm-hmm. because that, that shouldn't be enough, but you know, she's such an iconic character. She's She's so beloved. Maybe a little less beloved after part two from what I've seen people saying on the internet, but she's still super, super loved. And I just feel like she might take this by default. However, the the uh, the the troll in me wants Laura Bailey to win just to piss off that part of the internet <laughs> that that uh, hates Abby for being, you know, Abby. And so I just hope that, that Laura Bailey wins just because of the people it would make upset. But I think it's going to be Ashley Johnson. And, not, and not, is, that's not to say she doesn't deserve it. Uh, well, actually, you go first, Matea, before I chip in. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say on this because I I haven't played any of the games that have been nominated for this. So, um, but from what I've heard of Last of Us Part Two, um, I probably would say it would be either um, Ashley Johnson or Laura Bailey. So. Mm-hmm. it could be a, a good chance it would be either one of them so yeah i i the only one i have not heard at all for the vocal performance is daisuke suji as uh Jin. 
uh, like I did, I know so little about Ghost of Tsushima. I didn't even know the main character's name was Jin. So <laughs> go there. Um, but uh, I, I, as fantasy thinker fan, like I'd love a VA of color to get this one. So Naji or Daisuke, entirely possible. Especially Miles Morales. I'm, I'm sure he has a great quips and emotional beats to him. If it's anything like the original Spider Man, um, so yeah, there, that's entirely possible. Uh, I could say uh, I, I've interacted a little bit with Hades uh, through that. He's also the Logan Cunningham is also the narrator in uh, Hades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it is a really good performance, really fun. Um, has this great disappointed dad energy to it. I'm actually kind of surprised <laughs> Zagreus wasn't um, uh, nominated because it has this maybe just because it's a cool guy act or anything like something like that. Because he's just has every actor has this very natural flow to them in that game. It just really it just you you just kind of fall into the performance with those. It's it's kind of fun in that way. That said, I have been I've been a follower of uh, Laura Bailey as an actress for a long time. She's one of the first VAs in anime that I started to really recognize, mainly because of my love of Yu Yu Hakusho. Nice. Uh, and it's been kind of crazy to see her just elevate in this in this industry yeah. and just get bigger and bigger as time goes on, which yeah. is all deserve she's been amazing since the beginning and i've not played last of us part two i don't know anything about abby or anything like that but it is it is like she is almost like a superstar at this point especially because i think she's part of that critical role as well Mm -hmm. uh which people obviously love um but yeah i i couldn't predict but my guess would be probably laura bailey I agree with something Rob X said in the chat here. I think it's slightly unfair to have Last of Us Part Two be there twice. Both Laura and Ashley are great, though. No hate. And they are. But yeah, I, yeah. I do kind of feel like maybe there should have there should have been, you know, another game instead of The Last of Us Part Two twice. And I'm thinking of, and I know, you know, anime-style voice acting can go both ways for people. But I, I honestly think that the performances in Final Fantasy VII Remake were pretty great almost across yeah, the world. Yeah, I, I agree. Voice, voice actress. Yeah, I think she should have. I think I think Brianna White should have been on here. Honestly, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she was. Yeah. She was great as Aerith. So yeah, yeah I I really think I think Aerith and Tifa were probably my favorite performances in the game, and I think either one of those should have been up here. Um, so it's, it's that's a bit of a shame, I have to say. But at the end of the day, it is that anime style voice acting that is kind of a, I guess a, a taste based thing. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. But. Some people kind of turn their nose down at it just by virtue of the fact that it's anime style. Rob Arman X said earlier that Kaiji Tang should have gotten a nomination for Ichiban, which I've not played of Yakuza, but I know Kaiji Tang's a great actor as well. Yeah, I've heard him in a lot of different projects, so... I have I have difficulty Mm -hmm. with these, because, like, I played all of Ghost of Tsushima, but I played it in Japanese, because I was like, well, Gene Sakai speaks Japanese. And so I mm. like, it, and it's not to malign the performance by the actor, but I was like, this just feels wrong. Like, you know, he's, we're playing a game in ancient Japan and he's speaking English. Not cool. And so I just changed it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the same goes for Yakuza. I'm playing it and I'm enjoying it, but I'm playing it fully in Japanese just because again, I'm like, we're in Tokyo. Like <laughs> this doesn't mm. make sense for, and especially because right. uh, there was this gag that they included in the Japanese track that they had to like rework for english because it was like uh if you play the game there's like a side quest where a foreigner shows up and they're speaking english 
and uh, Ichiban is is trying his best to communicate with this foreigner in English. And in Japanese, that obviously works very well. But in mm-hmm. English, when you're playing in English, mm-hmm. it's like the gag is really weird. And so, like, the localizers changed the whole scene around to where it's like they're pretending to speak broken English. And then, like, Ichiban just, like, stares into the camera for a minute <laughs> to, like, let you know he understands that it's weird. Uh-huh. I, I, I've seen other animes do that sort of thing, same sort of thing, and the translation always has difficulty with it. Usually they have them be, you know, French. <laughs> yeah. The usual solution. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, but, I appreciate that they put a little extra shine on that. But yeah, it's hard for me to judge those games just because I feel like it, it kind of doesn't do it justice to the character. I'd my mm-hmm. The long-labored point I'm trying to make is I'd love to see some foreign voice performances be nominated for this type of stuff. Sure. Like, we mm-hmm. always only see English voice performances in these. It'd be nice to see other, other languages, and I get that that's... Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, probably harder mm-hmm. for the panel of judges, but... I have a feeling there are video game experts in non-English speaking countries that could help with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Yeah, maybe just a few. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of performances and sounds, uh, our next uh, category is best audio design. Uh, Oof. So, yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, is a, this is, this is like a tough a, one. This is yeah, the is. Ash Paulson category. <laughs> oh no, that's the next one. That's, that's the, music specifically. Right, so the next one. Yeah. I, let's just speed run this one. Uh, this is so we have Doom Eternal, Half Life, Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil Three, and The Last of Us Part Two. And uh, Mateo, what are you? Do you have thoughts on this? Because I almost don't. <laughs> uh not really <laughs> again i haven't played any of the games nominated for this so i wouldn't know but maybe i would say last of us would probably get uh the win for this one honestly mm-hmm. yeah makes i mean sense. i i think the last of us part two will probably take it and i have to say you know based on what i played of it which is you know most of the game i would say it is fantastic and that's probably what i would vote for uh, just because it is, I mean, I, I play it with headphones and it, it, like the 3D audio. I mean, it is really amazing. And the environmental sounds, uh, I did preview Doom Eternal and that, that had great audio design as well. I was really impressed with that. Um, but I do want to give specific mention to Resident Evil 3. Not that I played it, but I did just get finished playing Resident Evil 2. Oh, 2 has fantastic design. And if it's anything like 2, say. holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if 3 is anything like 2 in the audio design category, then I would maybe... Actually, I just want to vote for Resident Evil 3. That would get my vote because Mr. X in RE2 was one of the most wonderful <laughs> examples of just genius audio design I've ever experienced in gaming. Oh yeah, I I played with those headphones that that you recommended, uh, the entirety of Resident Evil 2 with that, and... Nice. Oof, wow. That enhanced it so much. Good. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything like that in in RE3, but if there is, that gets my vote. But I do think, uh, failing anything else, it would be The Last of Us Part 2. That's fair. I could... I could totally see Doom Eternal being up there because I, you know, the crunchy sound effects and the, you know, all that. Half Life Alex, I'm sure it has great sound design, especially VR to make you just that much more immersed. But let's be honest, The Last of Us Part Two is the darling of this show. It's probably going to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if we're going for the likely winner, then yeah, The Last of Us Part Two. I I did enjoy 
the sound design in The Last of Us Part Two. Um, you know, there were just a lot of little details hiding in the audio. Like when you're trudging through mud, you could hear like the sound of your boots hitting hitting the the sludge. You know, or um, you could hear the pitter patter of like the dog's feet that you were unfortunately eventually going to have to kill. Um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. There was a lot of just subtle details hidden in the audio that you would probably miss if you didn't wear headphones. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of headphones. Uh, Zipati in the chat asks, "What kind of headphones you recommend, Ash?" Uh, well, the ones I use are just the 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 official Sony PlayStation Pulse headphones, like the the latest whatever the Pulse Platinum, I think they're called. Yeah. Not the new PS5 version, of course, that, that they just or they're going to release soon, but the previous iteration. They're just they're good Bluetooth headphones. I they sometimes uh, drop out, but generally I I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- I enjoy them. The the PS5 Pulse headphones are out. I have a pair. Oh, they are out now. Okay. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, They're very light. They they sit on your head really well. I played Sackboy with them because, um, and I have a video coming out about this, but Sackboy has like these music inspired levels that are synced to like David Bowie songs or Bruno Mars or stuff like that, which is really cool. cool. And listening to them with headphones is a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I I can back you up on that recommendation. They're very good. Nice. Cool. I've been I've been curious about the PS5 version, so that's good to know. Let's see. So this this you're wow, Ash, you were right. This is definitely the Ash Paulson category. This is my category. <laughs> yeah. Score and music, and I already know where I want to take this, but I have a feeling you and I are going to agree. So I'm going to throw it to you. That the yeah. nominees are Doom Eternal, FF7 Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Last of Us Part Two. Go ahead and take it away, Ash. I mean, I think these are all deserving games. I haven't, again, I haven't played Hades, um, but I, I'm sure it deserves to be here. It, it's I have good. heard it's Ori's good. music. Nice. And I, I have heard some of Ori's music, Ori 1 and 2. It's beautiful. Doom Eternal has great music. It's just not my kind of music. I'm not into, like, metal. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Last of Us Part 2, great. But for my money, and I know Steve agrees with me, Hell FF7 yeah. Remake is easily, yeah. easily, yes. easily, easily mm-hmm. the best soundtrack of the year, and it... The only thing that yes. comes somewhat close for me is Origami King, and that's not here. So given that Origami King isn't here for me, this is easy. And if FF7 Remake doesn't win this, I'm going to be so salty on I, the I 10th. completely yeah. agree. The music mm. in that game yeah. is fantastic. So, I mean, I, I've, I've said this on previous episodes, but like my single favorite gaming moment of the whole year is the third or the start of the third segment of the Genova Dreamweaver fight because of the way the music kind of, you know, you, you, you yeah. hear the Genova theme in the first yeah. two parts, but it's kind of passive and it's a little bit almost atmospheric and it's a little disappointing almost. And then the, the, the actual fight kicks in and you get that yeah. Genova remix you've been waiting for. And it's just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Oh, I like, mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, and it, I feel like it almost gets enhanced even more in hard mode. Because hard mode oh, yeah, enhances that game in so many ways because you just get sucked into every aspect of it and it all just gets pumped up. And when you are doing well and hearing that music uh, behind you, it is such a great experience. I love this soundtrack. It is yeah. so yeah. freaking good. And that's the thing. I can totally believe that these other games are worth nominations. I don't know why we're down to five nominations when earlier we had six because you're yeah, right. Origami King is great yeah. as well. I it, oh, of yeah, these, so I've not played obviously Doom Eternal, Ori, uh, Ori, or Last of Us Part Two. But of these, I'd probably take Last of Us Part Two off, just because maybe it's more a little bit more subtle. And these guys, these are it's all definitely bombastic. More, yeah, yeah, and absolutely, yeah, yeah. The the music. I, I, oh, go ahead. 
No, no, just go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the music in The Last of Us Part Two kind of fades into the background. Like you, you seldom exactly. notice it's there. Where Final Fantasy VII makes great use of making you aware of the music when they want to. Like, like I yeah. said last night, when when you hear the classic like battle theme for the first time, that like thinking about that yeah. still sends chills down my spine. Like it was mm-hmm. just so perfectly implemented. So, yeah, yeah. For me, FF Seven better run away with this. Yeah, there's only one on- point yes. where the music kind of disappointed me, and that's and that's by omission more than anything else. <clears throat> when the plate falls, I missed my opera music from the the president to just disconnect oh, them because huh. that was such a nice oh, palace yeah. moment to just. That was a really good yeah. moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, that was um, perfect. You touched on something there, Steve. That with FF Seven, it's not just about the music itself, which is phenomenal, but the way it's used and the way that the game makes you aware of it, and the way it's directed. And I recently learned—I didn't know this originally—but I recently learned that Yasunori Nishiki was involved in the soundtrack for Seven Remake, and he's the composer of Octopath Traveler. And when oh, wow. I think of other games that stand out in the way they make you aware of the music in the situation that you're in, Octopath Traveler is like near the top of the list. So. It's really cool to see that that, you know, him being involved seemingly resulted in the same thing happening with 7 Remake. Nice. Yeah, absolutely, man. What's that, what else stood out for you, Matea? Because I know you played uh, 7 a lot as well. I <laughs> love the different variations of RFC used in the the um, the game. Like, it's just like it hit, some of the, the, the different versions of it, like, hit you um, mm-hmm. depending on the scene. So... Like, especially, like, um, I don't want to say, like, too much without um, saying any spoilers, but, like, there's this particular moment in, I believe it's chapter 13, I think, um, that's, like, a flashback to her past, and it's just... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, also, another one of my win. favorite things about Seven Remake soundtrack is how well the wall market stuff was was realized. Yeah, uh, the the music mm-hmm. or the song that you danced to, the cloud dances to with Andrea. It's oh, so God. it's, oh, so, yeah, it's yes. so catchy. <laughs> it's so catchy. That was such a and, fun part. Uh, <laughs> there is one game I really want to mention quickly here that also um, it's probably too recent. I wouldn't say it got snubbed. It's probably just too recent. But I'm really enjoying Age of Calamity soundtrack. It's a yeah. really good soundtrack. Oh, it's yes. Not, it's not Origami King level, but it's really good. And I just I, wanted to point that out. Yeah, I, I've been playing Age of Calamity. Um, I'm, I'm almost done with the game, but like... Nice. The soundtrack is really, really great. It's like so different from the first Hyrule Warriors game, whereas like, yeah. you know, it was... Uh, first Hyrule Warriors was... Yeah. It's like Zelda Very, run through a butt rock filter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so... But it, I like it because it feels more like a soundtrack for Breath of the Wild. It, mm-hmm. Breath well, of the Wild has cool. more of a soundtrack. So. That's what's cool is that you, you yeah. hit it on perfectly there. It's It feels like what Breath of the Wild, if it had a traditional soundtrack, it, Age of Calamity would have been it. And yeah. that's why it's nice to have that kind of, you know, a, 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 an official take on what a traditional Breath of the Wild game soundtrack would have been. Yeah. It's, and, and the Revali mission? Oh my god, the Revali Oh theme. my god, yes. Ah, that's yeah. so that's like one of my favorite songs in the game, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. good. So good. I need y'all to beat the game because I stumbled upon some endgame stuff that I really need to talk about now. This is I well, I I, I, I worked on taking it. a look at this stuff that I I'm making progress, making progress, but I did Same. see a thing that um like what you unlock if it looks like what you what you get for a hundred percent. 
and I'm actually kind of really excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh man. Yeah, did you not it. see? It's did you have not see? I don't think it's a spoiler to say. Oh, it's because it's, okay. it's it's just the reward is uh, a, a costume for Link. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's the thing that I'm talking about it's... right now. I mean, there's there's other things that are way bigger, but yeah, the costume for Link is the number one thing. Oh, I wonder I want. what it is. Oh, I mean, man, I don't know what it is. Interesting. If you're if you're cool <sighs> with it, we could tell you. I mean, yeah. Uh, what is what does chat want say? The, I don't want the sure. chat because the thing is, I don't That's, have it. Yeah, it pops up. It's on just the a map. little icon yeah. that I was immediately. I looked at it a little closer. I'm like, oh, I want that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, same. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm still getting there. All I I'll just unlocked the. It's it's a costume yeah. that is not present in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So interesting. At okay. first, I thought it was, but then I took a closer look. I was like, oh wait. <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. it's, it, as far as I know, it's the only costume that you can get in Age of Calamity that you can't get in Breath of the Wild, which mm-hmm. makes it mm-hmm. interesting. Deeply okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I, <sighs> I recently just started like grinding toward a hundred percent because I was like, oh, I beat the game. I'm just going to do the discussion. It's fine. And that, and then I saw that on the map, and I was like, shit. <laughs> I guess I'm yeah. going to keep yeah. playing. Um, mm. So let's go ahead and rough rough segue here. But um, the next category we have because we are we are pushing up on on the end of our time and we only have a few left. So I want to get to the end. Um, yeah. Is <laughs> best art direction and i want to throw this to you matea because i'm curious to see out of this field of games what you would choose i have a feeling i know even though i've known you for a short time now but um uh, i like i said um well i've only played final fantasy 7 remake so um i would like to see that get best art direction but i feel like that would go to ori interesting Mm yeah (sighs) it's a hard one or Hades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hades really looks good in motion. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic uh, character designs. Uh, animations are smooth as butter. But you could really say that about Ori as well. And I've only played the first one, but I can only imagine it looks as good, if not better, uh, than the original yeah. game. And it again, just that smooth, fluid motion that you get out of it that make them really great and it's hard to compare these because you have the realism of ghost of tsushima and last of us versus the obvious artistic influence of hades and ori and then you have some final fantasy 7 which is somewhat in the middle where it's taking that more artistic design and making it a little bit more realistic and yeah i don't know where i put it but i think i think i would discount like for the most part the art direction of like the graphics of it's our direction of graphics that I'm going for here because, you know, there's some obvious rough pot spots in Final Fantasy VII. The mm-hmm. door, some of the background elements, the like the, yeah, the some, some wallpaper. Of the transitions See? from the character models, um, mm-hmm. animation. It, the animations are sometimes really stiff for them. So yeah, it's uh, it can be a little rough. And I don't know anything about Last of Us or Ghost of Tsushima. I assume pretty good. But my if you can get a good fluid 2D animated thing, I, I kind of do find myself gravitating towards that. So I'd, I'd probably go with Aurea out of this category. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Derek. I mean, I, I think 7 Remake is a stunning looking game. And I, and I just every time I like every moment I was playing it, I was just enjoying looking at it to say nothing of the battles, like all the lighting effects and just the way Mm -hmm. the battle animations work and just character animations in general. I love the anime flair that, that that Instagram has always been so good at that. It's like anime Mm -hmm. realism, right? It's like hyper realistic kind of, you know, really beautiful animations, hyper stylized. And I love that 
style. And Square Enix has yeah. always been at the top of that game. That said, I I think I'd want to give it to Ori mm-hmm. if it were up to me, just because that I mean the Ori games really are just drop dead gorgeous. And mm-hmm. anybody who knows me, I love two D games. I'm a, I'm a platformer junkie. I just we don't see games that look like Ori that much anymore. And I I think it's the one that stands out most here, even Nexus Seven mm-hmm. remake. Interesting. So for me, and maybe this is just the benefit of being ancient, but. <laughs> I personally cannot see another game that I want the, that I want to get this more than Final Fantasy VII. So nice. I yeah. I was I, I, I can't blame you. Yeah, I, and I won't at, be disappointed. Like I, if no. that, if that wins, I'll be happy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like a young teenager when Final Fantasy VII came out, right? So I remember mm-hmm. pouring through promotional materials and art renders and all the kinds of stuff that was just splashed across magazine pages. In the, in the mid to late 90s when this game was coming out, right? And when I played the remake, like when I finally got the game, got it home and played it outside of a Square Enix demo booth, I was blown away by how much mm-hmm. this game matched my imagination of what this world looked like. Yeah. yeah. And for me, that is just incredible art direction like somebody they it's clear they put so much thought into okay well what would wall market look like if it was actually a real place and yeah. what would what would yeah. midgar yeah. look like if it True. really existed in three dimensions and not just rendered bitmaps that you know cloud yeah. runs through right. and there was never a point where this game's world diverged from my um, from how i imagined it fair definitely very fair yeah incredible no, i mean I mean that, that, that opening cutscene, yeah, where you yeah. get to see a I mean, daily life in Midgar, the suburbs of Midgar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Midgar. not just that, it's... but when you first step step outside of Cloud's apartment, and and the you know the, the music track plays, and you see Sector Seven in front of you, and just as you said, daily life. But now you're in it. You're Cloud. You're walking mm-hmm. through it. You're seeing people go about their daily lives, and this was something that we'd only ever seen a little bit of in Advent Children in a realistic sense. And now we're playing a game that looks way better than Advent Children, and it and it you feels like it transport it transported you into, as exactly. you said, Steve, the Midgard that you saw growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so for me, I I have to pin my hopes on Final Fantasy VII. There's no mm-hmm. I I can't imagine another game doing that that well. So I think my I only am... criticism of Seven Remake uh, in terms of the the visuals is this is like some of the areas like the under the plate. And the sewers, they're very samey. They're very, like, yeah. the sewers, they look so samey for the whole time you're in them. And same thing when yeah. you're that that dungeon, it's probably a little bit too long when you're going under the plate. And that is that is a bit, you know, the colors yeah, but are is a that bit an brown and gray and garish. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, could see it either way, I guess. I yeah. Mean, yeah. So here's my thing. We, we mentioned that it kind of straddles the line between realism and artistic flair, right? I mean, how mm-hmm. samey are real sewers? <laughs> True. Hey, I'm not it's true. Fair point. Good point. They probably fair aren't point, totally yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah. it needs to yeah. win win best art direction just on the shit. It could win best art direction just on the fact that they f- somehow found a way to bring Hell House back. Yeah, true. Everybody yeah. was everybody was wondering if that if they like if that crazy enemy was going to be in the game, and they made it a freaking boss. <laughs> and that whole when you're scaling the plate, the way they transformed that sequence when you're climbing the plate. Mm-hmm. From the PS1 version to what it became in Remake, and you see Midgar stretching out below you, and you—I mean, it's 
the atmosphere and the and just mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible the scale of it. It's, it's really going crazy. through the Shinra building and seeing just how yeah. big the it Shinra is building. and what there the, is. Yeah. The, uh, the Shinra museum thing where they where you uh, the whole video display thing that yeah. was awesome. Like oh man, yeah. I, I seriously can't wait for the next game so we can see what more of the oh, planet is like. Uh, yeah. Like what? How are they going to handle beyond Midgar? Yeah. yeah. This is a game yeah. that I cannot wait. I will happily pay sixty dollars again to play yep. on PS Five. Totally. Yeah. Like it with a, yeah. yeah. I, I paid. I I got the review code. I I got it for free. Then I bought the collector's edition. And if there's another collector's edition for PS Five, I have no shame in saying I'll buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely pick up as many yeah. boxes of, with clouds standing in front of a white background <laughs> as yeah. they will allow me to buy for the rest of my life. Um. All right, so... Oh, oh, go ahead. Right, sorry, I forgot to mention. Uh, this is another, I just wanted to say really quickly, this is another category that uh, I feel Origami King got totally snubbed in. Yeah, agreed. Origami King is a is genuinely a beautiful game, and it's the best-looking Paper Mario game. It's one of the best-looking mm-hmm. Switch games. I, I would have put... The environments are truly... Like, Autumn Mountain by itself. Autumn Mountain and, and uh, Shogun Studios by themselves yeah. make Origami King worthy of being here, I think. I'm being attacked by a dog. I apologize. No worries. <laughs> okay. It's the so, best thing to be atta- attacked by. As Derek tells us the yeah. story of his dog attack, we, yeah. will, we will move on to best. I'd probably put Origami King over Ghost of Tsushima. That said, I've not seen too much of Ghost of Tsushima. It's just the one I toss out there. Oh, man. Ghost but, of Tsushima right. is gorgeous. Like, it is a beautiful game. Yeah. When, you're, yeah. when you're riding across the island through like the tall grass, it, it gives some strong Breath of the Wild vibes. I really like it. I, I wouldn't throw it out, but I think it's up against competition that is entirely too strong for it um mm. yeah speaking of ghost of tsushima potentially being outgunned best narrative our uh our nominees are 13 sentinels aegis rim or aegis rim is it aegis or aegis mm. i think it's aegis. aegis i think yeah why aegis. not uh final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima hades and the last of us part two you want to talk about a tough category. I don't know anything about Ghost of Tsushima's plot, so I'm just discounting that one right off the bat. Uh, apologies to fans of that game, but and I've I've played a little bit of 13 Sentinels, and I can I've heard good things. Uh, I've heard of, really good things about it. Yeah, of what that of that plot. I don't know about the rest of the game, but apparently the plot is really well done, and the way it's sort of handled makes it interesting. Um. And I'm not far enough in Hades to really say whether or not it has the best narrative. The way its storytelling is handled is fantastic, though. Like, there, yeah. I've talked to people, uh, people have talked to me, said they've been playing it for 40, 50, 60 hours, and, you know, you're repeating, going through these areas, trying to get further and further. No repeated dialogue whatsoever. And that's impressive for a, mm-hmm. a game like Hades. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I mean, whether or not that counts it as best narrative, I don't know. I certainly have my my criticisms of FF7 Remake story. In general, I actually really yeah. enjoyed it a lot, and I enjoyed yeah. the ending. I know it was very divisive. I actually really enjoyed the ending, and I like that they mm-hmm. didn't just remake Seven's story beat for beat because there's genuine mystery here again. Even after yeah. even being a huge fan of the original, we don't know what's going to happen from mm-hmm. here on out. We we have some idea, but we don't know the full idea. And I love that they took there's that approach. so many possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. However, like, though, like I kind of like how you know how the Oscars have like Oscar bait movies, like where they just the kinds of movies that are get not going to get nominated. I sadly don't think FF Seven Remake is the kind of story that can win this. I think it's too anime no. for a Western award yeah. show. And, and you know we've seen the Game Awards have a 
an anti-Japanese bent before. Not maybe necessarily as much as it used to, but it definitely. I don't think Xenoblade toward... Chronicles Two was nominated for best narrative, right. and that's that's a like the Game Awards is always kind of skewed toward Western yeah. games, right? So mm. I feel like The Last of Us Part Two wins this by default, just by virtue of it yeah. being The Last of Us. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. That yeah, that's my prediction. And I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying that FF7 Remake, as much as I love it, I just don't think it's the kind of game that can win this category in this show. Yeah. Yeah. I've only played three of the five here, uh, so I'm not familiar with 13 Sentinels or with Hades yet. Um, But I have a hard time imagining anything topping The Last of Us Part Two. I absolutely love that game's story. It blew me away. Um I, I think it's a once in a generation kind of kind of game. So I, mm-hmm. I for me it's an easy an easy nod to The Last of Us Part Two. I couldn't imagine another game outperforming it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I gotta say about and that. And people are gonna be pissed when <laughs> oh, it wins. Yeah. I'll I'll say oh, it of course wins, they will. But but let's say whatever. they're gonna be pissed and I'm gonna just sit back and eat the popcorn and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got just two categories left. Uh, the next one up is Best Game Direction. And tell me if these nominees are starting to look and sound a little familiar. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. we've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part Two. And uh, apparently this is outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Uh, so, Derek, why don't we, why don't we toss this one to you? In my opinion, based on this look, uh, the these, I think the top three, in my opinion, that should be in the running for this is Seven Remake, Hades, and Half-Life Alex. Uh, Last of Us 2, great narrative. I don't know anything about the gameplay, to be fair, but if it's anything like the original, that's not really innovative or creative. It's, yeah. you know, just expanding what came before. And I think that's a fair assessment. It can be really fun. Yeah. But that's about it. Um, it goes to Tsushima. I mean, it's an open world game with a few ideas that maybe that, that, that not that, but it's not as like innovative, innovative in the same way as Breath of the Wild. Half Life Alex, a VR game doing this well and really pushing the VR platform. I think that's innovative. Hades getting people into the uh, genre that most people don't play and just hooking them with its game design, I think is worth noting. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, because they t- took a battle system that nobody had hoped for and made it freaking incredible. Probably what is, everybody considers the best part of the game is the battle yes. system. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know who I'd pick between those three, but personally, I'd go with Seven Remake. But what about you, Matea, based on what you know of these games? Yeah, uh, Seven Remake. Um, but Hades definitely seems like like i haven't played the game myself but everyone just loves the gameplay for it so i could see it winning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i do want to mention a, a specific sequence. i haven't played that much of ghost of tsushima but i want to call out a specific sequence in the opening that i that is one of my favorite moments or sequences of the whole year and that is the opening credits when when the the game transitions. Oh, I know yeah. you know what I'm talking about, Steve. But when the game transitions seamlessly into the opening credits as you're on horseback, and it's Ooh. just a beautiful moment. And so I do have to really call out Ghost of Tsushima for that. And if the rest of the game is full of moments like that, then I mean that's it. it certainly should be in the running here. Um, mm-hmm. I you touched on something, Derek, that I completely agree with about The Last of Us Part Two, and that is that it is it, the gameplay is great. It is. If, but if you play The Last of Us Part 1, 
you know what you're getting. It, you know, part two is part one with but, but much bigger, more more expansive, uh, intricate environments, much better enemy AI. It's, you know, part one scaled up to, and it's mm-hmm. better, but it's not anything new, really. It's it's not, you know, it's if you played part one, you've just played a scaled down version of part two. Generally, there are differences, of course, and the dogs make for incredibly tense gameplay because they're, in my opinion, more dangerous than pretty much any of the other enemies in the game so far because they can track you. And that definitely makes for a new gameplay wrinkle, but it's not anything earth-shatteringly different or mind-blowing, whereas 7 Remake did things that people weren't expecting, did things that I wasn't expecting. And it's full of those kinds of moments, like you said, Steve, where the, the battle theme kicks in the fir- for the first time. It's not just the music. It's the way the music is timed to the camera swivel behind Cloud when the game gives you control mm-hmm. over Cloud. Mm-hmm. Like, it, those exact beat-for-beat beat moments that, that really feel, you know, uh, just give you adrenaline, make you just full of adrenaline. And so for me, 7 Remake gets my vote for that reason. But I, I just feel like by again by default, I think it's going to go to Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I just yeah yeah. So I I agree with you almost one hundred percent, Ash. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two is going to run away with this. It's going to take the award. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with it. Um, mm-hmm. I <laughs> yeah. I want to call out because we haven't really given a lot of love to Ghost of Tsushima. It does have excellent direction. Um, there's moments like, like Ash said, where, where you just roll into the credits, you know, and you're on horseback and it's just like this incredibly, uh, engaging experience. And it makes you feel like you're playing an old, like Akira Kurosawa movie. There's like this Mm -hmm. moment in the opening where you get your sword back and you're in this dimly lit hut and this guy is like accosting a woman behind you and Gene like pulls his sword out over his head out of the scabbard and like it glints (laughs) in the moonlight and you cut this dude down and I'm like, I'm playing the most badass game ever. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and then there's like, there, don't they also have like a black and white mode? So yeah, that... they have, they, they have a black and white mode called Kurosawa mode. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's also like, when you, when you settle in to like duel another samurai or, or anyone really like a, an invading Mongol or someone, uh, it'll like, you know, the, the camera will go wide and then you'll see the two of them kind of approach each other settle in to like get ready to draw their swords and then like in kanji in between them you'll see like the name of the duel it's really cool stuff so there's a lot of moments like that really kind of drive home that these guys were huge fans of akira kurosawa's samurai films that said i like that a lot but i don't think it's the game i want to win this award i have to agree with Mm -hmm. ash that it's ff7 remake here um You know, when you play the original Final Fantasy VII, the Midgar section is like what two hours? Like, <laughs> it's not a lot. <laughs> Three, four yeah. hours, first yeah, time yeah. playing. It's an open, it's an opening segment, and they fleshed it out into an entire game, and they made it never felt like they were just shoving filler in your face. To get yeah, you. I, I've heard people complain about padding, and I've played through the game twice, and the only padding I can think of is the diversion before you get to Wall Market. That's the only padding that gets to me, and it's mainly because of the hand yeah. puzzles. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. The, the tractor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that there was nothing nothing before uh like taking such a small section of a game and turning it into an entire game and making it feel like everything fits is is a huge achievement. And like Ash said, you know, they they play with uh sound and mechanics and and camera placement to just kind of amp you up while you play and they do it so well that it's really hard to recognize that's what they're doing. Um, so yeah. yeah, I just fully agree, but the game knows like when to, when it, it never misses a moment, like 
when those when those things happen, it it's always at the right time. And and I just yeah. I can't think of a game that has does any of that stuff better than Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'd like to say something about Half-Life Alex, but I've barely played it and I haven't touched mm-hmm. Hades, so there you go. Uh, yeah. Um, that's my... Jared Edinger said, you guys liked Leslie? I didn't mind the Leslie bit. Yeah, I got annoying fight yeah. chasing yeah. that one thing over and over again, but it ended off in a cool fight and got yeah. to get more of Don Corneo, so I think the yeah, payoff was worth it. I didn't mind Leslie it. at all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I think the only character, like the only side character that I kind of bounced off of was Kyrie, just because she seemed like budget Yuffie. She I mean, she's, like, she's more expanded universe. Like she's from the, yeah, like the kids exactly. are all right and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's just, but I, she just made me name. think about how much I would rather be seeing Yuffie instead, you know? Really <laughs> right. But yeah. Next game, probably. X- Next game. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. I have to Looking point forward this to that. XQ Jonah, who happens to be a childhood friend of mine, by the way. Hi, Jonah. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, mentions that uh, Midgar is actually all of disc one. In, in no. the original FF7, or most of it. No. no. No, it's really not. Yeah. Disc 1 ends... Doesn't well, it... <sighs> it ends with the big thing. Yeah. As soon after happens. the big thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure we can talk about it openly, because it's like a 20 I mean, it's it's spoiler, but... I'd say it's about 10, yeah. 15 hours? If anything, Midgar's only the first eight or so hours of Disc 1. Most not of even that. takes place outside of Midgar. Yeah. Yeah. Not Let's even see. that. Okay, I had to look this up because I, I saw people agreeing in the chat. And I'm no, like, Midgar is all a small portion. Like, it's, it feels like a long time because you're there for so long, yeah. but you but go to... you go to an icicle in. Yeah, you go to Calm, you go to you go across the mountains, you go into uh Junon, you go across to um uh I forget the beach area, but the beach area, you got Costa del Sol, uh, yeah. Costa del Sol, you have Cosmo Canyon, you have uh you, the whole Gold thing Saucer. involving Yeah, the Temple of the Ancients. Uh as well. Uh, There's a Corral lot of stuff beyond in Disc One. There's a lot of, in Disc One that isn't Midgar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is. Uh, I okay. I I feel better now <laughs> because yeah. I just saw I just saw the patron. So if you don't know, I have a horrible habit of second guessing myself, and I saw like three people say like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. I don't remember it that way. So I'm I'm glad that that we cleared that up. <laughs> My memory nice. is not as bad as I thought. Um, Midgar just feels longer because you're not in any of those other cities as long as Midgar. Which yeah, yeah. that's true too. No worries, no worries. So, oh man, let's... Jared Edinger says, "Oh my God, Dine! I can't wait for." Them to oh, do that Dine is especially that's with the new be so good Marlene. Oh, it's oh, with Marlene God. being as oh, that's going to just drive a stake through the heart when that happens. Oh, oh no. man. So, yeah. all right, guys, we've got one category left, and it's arguably the most important—the one that'll get printed on the most game boxes in 2021. Yeah. Uh, it is game of the year. I feel like Jeff Keighley is going to have his world premiere guy say it unusually. <laughs> game yeah. of the year. Anyway, our nominees for game of the year are Doom Eternal, FF7 Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I'm going to throw this to you, Matea. What is your take on, on who's going to take home game of the year? Um... Do I want to take home game of the year? Probably yeah. a toss up between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Animal Crossing New Horizons. So, <laughs> Good picks. who I think is gonna win is Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's just because it is Last of Us. That's a pretty yeah. well reasoned take. How about you, Derek? 
I mean, my personal game of the year, and that still stands at this point, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that's what I would vote for. I have not touched Last of Us Part Two at all, so I don't know. I know you adore that, uh, adore it, Steve. Yes. Um, Hades is certainly up there. I think it's deserving of the nomination just from the little bit I've played because it does what it does super well. I don't think Doom Eternal or Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima really have a chance. I think they're both excellent, of course, but I don't think they stand a chance. I think it's a three way. Personally, I think it's a three three way race between Final Fantasy. Animal Crossing and Last of Us, and really, it's between Animal Crossing and Last of Us, two polar opposite games as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you go for? Do you yeah. go with the the phenomenon of 2020 that everybody got into and just convinced people to pick up switches and buy this game in droves? Yeah. Or do you make? Or do you go with the art house game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Ash? Um, four or five of these games don't have a chance in hell. I'm I'm tempted to say five. If I was a betting man, (laughs) I would put a great deal of money on Last of Us Part 2 winning. Again, simply by virtue of the fact that it's the Last of Us Part 2. My personal game of the year is FF7 Remake, straight up. It's not even, I mean, it's not even close. It Mm -hmm. is my my game of the year. I would be overjoyed if FF7 Remake won, but I just, I don't think it can. I don't think any of these games can because they're next to the Last of Us Part 2, and that's just, it's too overpowering just being that game. And I'm not saying it isn't great, but nothing I've played in Last of Us Part Two made me feel like Game of the Year material. It's a really great, super polished, in- incredibly fun game, but it doesn't really do anything that, that that's that new. And you don't have to do something new to be considered Game of the Year. But I just, I feel like I'd played a lot of games like Last of Us Part Two, and it's just, I haven't seen anything in it yet that, that makes me think, oh my God, Game yeah. of the Year. Yeah, the story's great, but... For me, 7 Remake is the whole package. Now, I haven't played Hades, so I can't comment on that. And I'm personally not an Animal Crossing fan, so I'm not saying mm. it can't be deserving, but I just don't see it. I, mm. Yeah, it's just not my thing. It's per- um, it comes to taste yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and then Doom Eternal as well. I, Doom 2016 is great, and I love the what I previewed of Doom Eternal, but I guess I'm just not that much into shooters. So for me, I just don't really see that as a game of the year for me personally. But I can't say it doesn't deserve to be here. And Ghost of Tsushima, again, great game, but I feel like I've seen a lot of it done before um, in other open world games, you know, like Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed. And, you know, it's that style of open world game. Ghost of Tsushima just happens to be a lot more beautiful and take place in ancient Japan, which is awesome. And it has gorgeous (laughs) visuals. But for me, it's 7 Remake, uh, but I do think it's going to be Last of Us Part Two. So yeah, there's there's a lot of valid opinions being thrown around. Um, <laughs> how I feel, I feel like um, I I absolutely want The Last of Us Part Two to win. I actually want it to win. Oh yeah, but okay. that's because it's the game I love the most on that list, which is fine. Um, I I know I'm in the minority on this one, but um, here's here's kind of where I land on it. I don't think. I, I want it to win, but I don't think it deserves to win. And the reason I don't think it... De- First off, awards are unfair. They're always unfair. Let's just oh, put yeah. that out there. Right. Yeah. They're flaw- giving awards inherently is a flawed idea. Because ultimately, this is the opinion of a, of a small group of judges and not mm-hmm. the people buying the games. And right. I think that in a fair world, in a fair award system, Animal Crossing would win. Because when you talk about games as a medium, on that list, only one game pushed gaming forward, and that's Animal Crossing. 
how many new people became gamers this year because mm. of Animal Crossing? How many mm-hmm. people that had not played video games in years or maybe at all started because of Animal Crossing? That, to me, in a fair world, makes that almost a slam dunk for Game of the Year because so many people came into the fold because of this game. And to me, that's like a huge, huge, huge uh, thing that most games never accomplish, right? Like, do I think the last, yeah. as in, as an as a pre-existing gamer, I love The Last of Us Part Two, and I think that it is this fantastic, beautiful, emotional game that really took me through a lot. But I also recognize mm-hmm. that it only sold to people who already owned a PlayStation Four, or you know, people who were deeply entrenched in gamer culture. <laughs> I hate to say that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think uh, that that. I would love to see a game like Animal Crossing take the award because of the fact that it expanded the pool of people who play games. But ultimately, I accept that the reality is that five to seven people will decide that The Last of Us Part Two was the better game because they're people like me. Um, right. So, cool. If you ever want me to be a Game Awards judge, though, I'll vote for Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. They should so, have a, just an hire GVG in general to just be, we'll be three of the, three of the judges next year. <laughs> Um, I do. I'd be a terrible Steve, judge considering how few games I played. <laughs> um, I just want to say, Steve, you made a really like great little speech there. You made a really good point about how Animal Crossing, even if it isn't like my personal game of the year, I'm not a fan of the series. Really, that's a great point about how it yeah. pushed gaming forward more than any other game on this list. And it and it it uh, really kind of makes you think about what even is game of the year, right? Because you said mm-hmm. award shows, just by virtue of what they are, aren't necessarily fair. And I mean. Game of the Year itself is such a subjective thing. What makes a Game of the Year Game of the Year? Is it a game that pushes gaming forward more than any other? Is it the best technical performance? You know, I think that that varies from person to person. For me, usually, it goes down to or comes down to what game made me feel the most? What what game did Mm. I feel the most emotional resonance with? What made me just feel really hard, like just... It just oh that race really came out bad, but you know what I mean. Um, just you know what made me feel the most, wow. and for me that was seven remakes. I, I don't know, that know was if I those... want to hear about your feelings right now. Actually, that was one of those. Uh, that was one of those. Uh, what is it? Modern Family. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Moments where he says something, and it just sounds way better in his head than it does said out loud. But yes, yeah. what makes me feel the most is what usually becomes my game of the year, which yeah. is why it's FF Seven. But I can't uh-huh. disagree with anything you said, Steve. Phil like Dunphy, it. there it is. So it's a Phil Dunphy yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I do. I do think Z Patty uh, rounds up the game awards. Now that we're done predicting, as one best possibly can with just throws Mountain Dew at TV. So yeah, with, uh-huh. with Mountain Dews thrown at TVs and awards discussed, I feel like we've reached the end of tonight's episode. Uh, before we sign off, I want to go ahead and throw it over to our guest, Matea. Where can we find you? Um. Well. I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elimatea. That's spelled I-L-L-U-M-A-T-T-E-A. And I stream on there quite frequently. I play a lot of Nintendo games, a lot of JRPGs. Um, Yeah, so you can catch me on there and you can find me on social media, um, on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok as Elimatea as well. So um, if you want to see me make uh, random posts about video games and squeal over fictional characters and whatnot. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't right. you actually make uh, crafts as well? Oh, yes. 
Um, I'm also a graphic designer and an illustrator, and I am, um, I don't have it open yet, but I'm working on opening an Etsy very soon. So, nice. um, nice. Oh, that's yeah, cool. So, so cool. yeah, I, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to meet you, by the way. Like, yeah, it's this... great to meet you guys, and um, <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. So, thank you for Yeah, we'd love to have you back anytime. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> I feel like my my horizons are expanding. I'm meeting so many fellow content creators. Yeah, right. Yeah. it's like we're all like introducing each other to our friend groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is really great. I'm I'm glad. And like Ash said, you know, feel free to come back on any time. I, yeah, I still of course. Think that there I would is, love to. There's like this looming threat of an RPG discussion <laughs> that goes yeah. on in nearly every episode now. So we we have to do that. And we'd love to have you on when when that goes sure, down. Yeah. At some point, mm-hmm. I may have to bow mm-hmm. out being being not the biggest RPG guy, but. I think it would be an amazing (laughs) discussion to witness. So definitely. Yeah. (laughs) With that, I'd like to say we covered all the news, but there's no news. Uh, So we finally finished predicting all the game awards. Mm -hmm. Remember, if you want to find out if our production predictions, productions, (laughs) predictions (laughs) came true, uh, you can join us next week, Thursday night. Uh, TNT will be a special edition where we just stream the game awards and talk about them. We'll we'll even probably do a post show. It'll be a much longer TNT than normal because Jeff Keighley doesn't know when to stop talking. Uh, (laughs) Oh, game awards are going to like usually go to like, three four hours so it's gonna be a marathon i don't i think i don't know if we'll do a post show but but we'll definitely like the the probably friday tnt will just be reacting to whatever news happened or what happened with so oh man guys can you believe that sore reveal trailer for smash didn't see that coming (laughs) wow keep dreaming ash yeah i know into the universe so with my baby in my arms that means we are at the end of tonight's episode i want to thank all our patreon producers for helping us make this show possible. But of course, and with a special update, we have to give an extra special thank you to our executive producers. Those fine folks are Rob, Arman X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, OnStar, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, my mom, hi mom, <laughs> Geller, Shiny Turkey, Titus Malvolio, who we finally got the pronunciation of their name, Jake yep. Pelka, Michael Phone, I have a baby floating around me, Mitchell Harris, <laughs> Jay Acosta, Game Explain, Charles Zaz, Andrew Medeiros, Jonathan Belmare, and new to the executive producer group, Jesse slash Kitty Kong Facts. Thank you for joining us. And with that, that's it. The episode's over. I don't have any copy down here, so I'm winging it. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe to Game Explain. Oh, she's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It, right it was here. only a matter of time until one of us slipped up. Yeah. Oh, so wow. good. Well, Steve is fired. Oh, man. Too good. That's it. Cut the, I can't cut see the <laughs> our old channel's name on the screen and not do it. It, it took 18 episodes, but we finally The chat it, is so. exploding. I, I know, it. right? Uh, so Hashtag funny. wrong take. That's the stuff you get. That's the stuff you get if you're part of our Patreon. Oh, I, I might cut this out. Maybe I won't. I don't know. <laughs> nah, uh, leave it. Whatever. Anyway. Well, why not? Go ahead. Please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash gvgaming. If you aren't already, for just $1, you can join our exclusive Discord. $5 gets you into the live audience where you can hear me accidentally use the wrong channel name live during the episode. <laughs> and, of course, if you if you don't want to do that, that's fine. We still love you anyway. But please consider subscribing to our channel. Beyond that, that's it. Have a good night, everybody. Good night and good vibes. <laughs>
We'll see you tomorrow on TNT. Bye. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Slippin' Steve. Damn. <laughs> That's so good.